I uh, realised after I sent the kids back, I was thinking in my mind to have them at the front and, uh, and sing it with me. Uh, I'm not sure if I know actions to it, but um, see if they do. And um, uh, notice the mention of frogs. There is a continuity, at least meant. Um, for our, uh, our sermon, I want to start with a, a topic that I know that some people... Uh, I'm not just saying the ladies, because I know that there are some gentlemen here that uh, are into uh, uh, games with balls of, of different shapes. But uh, I want to start uh, with... Um, there's a thing going on in, uh, in Russia, isn't there? Uh, anyone heard of the, the World Cup going on at the moment? Well, I'm, I'm going to struggle with this uh, congregation today because I'm just going to tell you a few things because uh, uh, World Cup, and I've got my England uh, uh, um, tie on at the moment. It's a few years old now, but um, uh, still trying to be a little bit uh, hopeful. Uh, will, it, will it be this year? <laughs> um, yeah, we're always hopeful, but uh, the Euros in uh, 2004, this is going back a little bit, I just want to bounce around a few statistics with you, because uh, England, football, and penalties don't seem to match very well, if anyone knows any of the history, because uh, England playing against Portugal in the Euros 2004, it went to 2-2 full-time, and uh, and then it went to penalties. This this ball's a little bit flat, but never mind. It works for the illustration. And and uh, it went to penalties. And what happens with the penalty? The goalie is there, and and someone puts the the ball on the spot, and and they have five goes each. And then it goes if if it's equal number of goals scored after that. You, you try one and one each team until you finish and, and everything's over. And in that game, ever heard of a guy called Beckham? He, he takes the ball and he puts the ball on the spot. And he does his run up. And what does he do? David Beckham, of all people, he skies the ball. It goes way over the top of the bar. And he kind of slips over at the same time and he kind of looks at the spot of where he slipped and as though, well, that's the fault and, and so on. I have read a uh, little bit of a report that apparently that football pitch was built on a, a mud plane and there's a suggestion that uh, maybe it just gets a little bit wetter in that area. I think someone's trying to save grace for, uh, for David Beckham, but he missed. He missed. We went on to lose the game. It was actually the Portugal's keeper, Ricardo, who scored the winning goal in that, that penalty shootout. David Beckham, he missed. If we get another penalty, would you give the ball to David Beckham? He's messed up. Well, just a couple of years later in the World Cup in 2006, guess who England are playing? Portugal again. It's the quarterfinals, and this time Jamie Carragher misses the penalty, fails to score in the penalty. Ah, oh, ah! Oh. And someone who's still playing football, Ronaldo, scores the winning goal. Would you give the ball to someone 
who's failed to score in the penalty. I'm not going to go through the whole list of England's failures in, in scoring penalties, but just to mention a few, Alan Shearer was, uh, was given the ball to take a penalty one time. Maybe we know more of him nowadays as a, a football commentator. Um, he, he did score most of them, but his second penalty failed. Would you give him the ball again? Would you give the ball to someone to take a penalty who fails to score? Someone called David Platt. Now we're going back into the 90s. Uh, looking around, I know one or two people might remember David Platt. He, he took on the, uh, the captaincy of the England football team in, in 93. But they were playing San Marino, England v San Marino. Sounds like we've got a bit of a chance. Uh, in fact, we did have a good chance, and uh, the score ended up as 6-0. But David Platt, on his first time of being the captain of, of the England team, scored four goals. And in the dying minutes of the game, there's a penalty for England. And the ball was given to David Platt. Can he score? Can he get five goals against one team? He puts the, the ball down on the penalty spot. He does his run-up, and it's saved. Oh, would you give David Platt the ball again to try for another penalty? Or would you say, look, you messed it up, mate. We'll give someone else a chance. He did go on to be given the ball again and scored on two other times of penalties. Someone more recent. Anyone heard of, I'm looking for the youngsters now, anyone heard of Harry Kane? Yeah, now there's a name that we, we remember. And since I was uh, putting together this information and so on and planning to, to preach this for you, um, Harry has gone on to score during this uh, current World Cup, and he scored a, from a penalty. But let me tell you something. The first time he was handed the ball in 2016, playing for England, taking a penalty, he put the penalty, the ball on the penalty spot, he takes his run up, and he misses it. He misses the goal completely. He puts it off left of the goal. Harry. Oh, the whole nation is just, what have you, you can't even get it on target. If you had another penalty, would you give the ball to Harry Kane? He messed up. He messed up. Sorry, you don't get another chance. But he was given another chance. And he went on to score from the penalty spot. I'll be through with my football illustration in just a minute, if, if, you're, uh, if you're wondering. But in 1990, I'm going back a few years again, the World Cup semi-final against West Germany. Yeah, it was still West Germany at those days. And someone came up to, to take a, a penalty kick Stuart Pearce puts the ball on the penalty spot. He takes a kick at the ball. The goalkeeper diving but manages to get his foot in the way and saves the goal. And England end up being knocked out from this missed penalty. 
Stuart Pearce got ridiculed for this. In fact, uh, he took it on the chin a little bit because uh, later on Pizza Hut made a, an advert using it as a bit of a joke about his miss. Um, but six years later, in the Euros, Euro 96, England again playing the unified Germany. And it goes to penalties. We don't have a very good track record with penalties. When it goes to penalties, who are you going to give that ball to? Are you going to give it to Stuart Pearce, who missed six years ago? For six years, he's carried this burden with him that he's messed up. He's messed up. Probably we could have gone through it if he had only scored, but he messed up. Shall we give the ball to Stuart Pearce? The report says that he was part of the group there in the middle of the pitch deciding who was going to take the, the penalties and he steps forward and says, I am going to take a penalty. Really? Stuart, but you missed last time. He took the penalty, he took the third one in fact, and he scored. The goalkeeper went the right way but it went past and, and it went into the back of the net. Stuart Pierce absolutely went berserk. You can see it still on YouTube. His, his reaction was as though he, he won the World Cup even uh, just by himself. He was just so relieved. Why was he relieved? Because of this burden that he had messed up before. But now, oh, he's been given another chance and he's succeeded. Interestingly though, while we're on the matter of extra chances, uh, that game we did go on to lose in our penalties. Do you know who failed to score on that game? A certain person called Gareth Southgate, who is now the England manager. He failed to score the penalty, but he's been given another bigger chance at being the England manager. Topical and biblical. Let's turn our thoughts to our scripture reading. Peter has gone to, uh, on Jesus' command with John, he's prepared this upper room. They've, they've uh, had the uh, Passover meal, they're, they're eating that, and, and there on the table, Jesus gives reference to, to some things that were just naturally there. The bread and the wine, the juice there. And he, Jesus gives these references that when you eat and when you drink, and these are things that I believe Jesus wants us to think about him and what he has done for us, not just once a quarter, every few months when we come to church and, and have our tiny little postage stamp piece of bread and a little sip of a drink. But every time, Jesus wants the everyday things to be part of our everyday. Jesus to be part of our everyday. 
So he has this, this meal and he gives these illustrations. And maybe we're familiar with that. Certainly if we are anything to do with church going, we're, we're familiar with the, the communion service and so on. And maybe we've even heard the story of, of Judas. Jesus says, someone in this room, someone is going to betray me tonight. <gasps> really? Can you imagine the scene? How awkward is that? Jesus makes this declaration, and they're all eating their food, and and it's kind of like, I can imagine they're all thinking, well, who could it be? And and no one dare look up from from the table and and eating, because if you look up and look at someone, then that might make them think that you think that it's them. So it's kind of like a really awkward moment. Jesus says, someone is going to betray me. Someone is going to miss the penalty. And maybe we're familiar with another story that it goes on and later on in the passage where Jesus then says to, to Simon, Simon Peter, look, tonight you are even going to betray me three times and then the cockerel will crow three times. Talk about awkward. Everyone will have been thinking about what Jesus said. You know, someone is going to betray Jesus. And then he says to Simon, you're even going to betray me? Uh, You know, deny me, rather? Simon? Really? But sandwiched in those stories, we have these couple of verses. Simon, Simon. Satan has asked to sift each of you like wheat. I chose this particular version because it gives that emphasis. While Jesus was talking to who? Simon, one person. He includes everyone in his statement. What we can get missed in our translation because it's into English and and you can mean you as an individual but you can mean you as a group as well, can't it? Is that right, how English works? So we don't have that that distinction between an individual singular and plural in in the third person. But Jesus here is speaking to Simon but he refers to the whole group because when Jesus says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift each of you, he's saying you, plural. Jesus recognizes that the influence of of Satan wants to take each of us. While Jesus makes this statement to Simon and everyone in that room, it makes me realize that Jesus, Jesus is concerned for each individual. All of us. Jesus goes on to say, But I have pleaded in prayer for you, Simon. Jesus pleaded in prayer for Simon. He was so interested, so concerned about the struggles and difficulties that Simon would be facing. But Jesus prayed for us too. We find in in John uh, chapter 17 where Jesus says, I I pray not just for them, but everyone else who hears the word 
that he is the good news through them. That's us. We get to hear about Jesus because of the records that we find in the Gospels. Jesus is saying, I am praying for everyone who is a believer. Jesus prayed for you before you were even conceived or thought about. Jesus is personally interested in your struggles and in your temptations. And I have pleaded in prayer for you, Simon, that your faith should not fail. Really? His faith shouldn't fail. Simon? What do we know about Simon? Simon was the one that was a fisherman. He he had his own business. He he was in partnership and so on. And he was the one that had been mending his nets. He's been listening to Jesus. And at some point on Jesus' invitation, Simon pulls up his boat up onto the shore, leaves everything there and says, I'm following Jesus. For a few years, he's wandering around with Jesus, listening to what Jesus has to say, realizing, at least in part, of who Jesus was and, and what Jesus was about to do for them. Simon was the, one of the crowd that was sent out a few times to, to proclaim the good news about Jesus, to heal the sick, and he was given these spiritual powers of, of being able to perform miracles. Imagine that. Someone like that must have had a good enough, strong enough faith, surely, that temptations wouldn't be a problem. But Jesus says, I have pleaded in prayer for you, Simon, that your faith should not fail. I need to tell you something about the word fail. The word fail has a, an idea of completeness. So we could legitimately translate that you don't completely fail. I need to tell you also that um, this word in Greek is eklepo, from where we get another English word, a word that maybe we think of of the sun, moon and stars, when we have an eclipse. Jesus says to Simon, I'm praying for you that your faith isn't totally eclipsed. He had a partial eclipse, but Jesus was praying for Peter that he wouldn't have a total eclipse, not of the heart, but of of his faith. Wow. Wow, Jesus is personally interested in our temptations, in our struggles. Jesus effectively was saying, when you're given the wall, Peter, and you're taking the penalty, even if you miss the penalty, I want you to have another go. Because Jesus goes on to say, so when you have repented, and turned to me again. When you're given the ball, when you try for another penalty, although you messed up the first time, that total eclipse won't mean that you'll never get the chance again. 
when you're given the wall to take another penalty. Strengthen your brothers. You know, that seems a bit rough to me. So when you have repented, when you have converted in some translations, when you've repented and turned to me, that, that word means literally to return, to, to change your direction. It's like the, the Hebrew word shuv means you're traveling in one direction and you do a complete U-turn and you go back again. Jesus is saying when you're given the ball again for another penalty, even if you mess up, even if you miss the goal the first time, you will be given the ball again. Jesus is interested, personally interested, in our struggles and in our temptations. And he's saying to Peter, even if you miss the penalty, try again. Score for the team. In the book uh, Desire of Ages, it talks about Peter and his struggles and his failures when he failed to score the penalty, so to speak. And it says how, despite his failures, it was his failures that gave him the strength and purpose because he knew that Jesus hadn't given up on him. So, when you're watching football, when you see someone taking a penalty, walking up to the penalty spot, putting the ball down, trying not to look at the goalkeeper who's trying to distract him, just remember Simon Peter lining himself up to take a penalty. And remember what Jesus said to him. Even if you miss a penalty, return to me, because I want to give you the ball again, and I want you to strengthen your brothers. I want you to shoot for goal again.